someone was in like at the mansion house in the back parking lot. There's like those circles. Yeah. I think it was on like the third floor. And like Gob was like playing and they like looked up and saw someone and they're like, you should jump. And the guy was like, okay. And just fucking like, oh, Jesus. Was like, oh my God. And like they all just like ran to catch him. <laughs> he's just going to eat shit on the pavement. The guy just wanted to jump in a lake, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> lake of concrete. Welcome back, Bannock folks. You're listening to another episode of Bannockdotes, the podcast that holds it down for the underground sound here in Ontario. And I'm your host, Phil Paxton. We try to feature all sorts of underground and unsigned uh, heavy acts such as punk rock, you know, screamo, hardcore metal. You know, we take those musicians, we bring them on the show, we have a nice discussion, and we have them tell us some of the wildest stories they have from being in a band, whether it's in the studio or on the road or anything in between don't forget to like and subscribe rate and review follow us on our instagram at banecdotes that's b-a-n-d-e-c-d-o-t-e-s and if you want to be a part of the show in any capacity you want to be a guest or if you want to have your music featured uh, on our new music of the month episodes or uh, maybe your old band featured on some of the throwback thursday episodes that i do shoot me an email Banecdotes at gmail.com. Let's have a discussion. Let's get it started. My guest this week isn't a musician. However, he's done lots for the music community. I'm talking about Timmer. Uh, he's a really well-known promoter. Uh, he started off here out in Niagara, eventually grew to Toronto, and then eventually grew to Calgary, uh, doing like big touring acts and arena shows. And we had such a cool discussion, him and I. I got to learn a little bit um, of his perspective being like the promoter side. Uh, obviously, I, I normally have musicians on, so it's often uh, that I get to hear a lot of the, the performance side. Uh, but it was really cool to hear what he had to say because he's been doing it for quite a while and he's been working with such big uh, professionals in the industry. Um, that it was really awesome to hear his side of it, kind of the behind the curtain kind of deal. Um, I definitely left the conversation a little bit more educated on that side. Now, Timmer doesn't play any music himself, um, but he wanted me to play some uh, Niagara bands that uh, he's a big fan of. Uh, so we're going to get the show started off with the Water Bodies tune. Um, I'm going to let Kevin McAllister's uh, cousin actually introduce the tune. But if you ever get a chance, make sure you go out of your way to check out this music video. Because it features one of my best friends, Mike Delinsky, in the music video. And it's an absolutely ridiculous music video. All right, let's get the show started off. So this song is called... You're what the French call Les Incompetents. What? Blackers, whackers, freak me out Those words just come from my mouth See, I'm the kind of guy, I'm your kind of guy I'm the kind of guy So baby, just get in line Black and white and all over Just say the words and I'll roll over You're the kind of girl, you're my kind of girl You're the kind of girl The kind of says a killer 
plays when it's getting rough If you call yourself a player then we're playing for keeps I don't do this for the thrill I do it for me Well, I'm the kind of guy I was walking the line between right and Good afternoon, Timmer. So good to see you. I think the last time I think I saw you was last summer when I was working at the shop. How you been? I'm doing fantastic. Oh, it's so good to see I'm, you. Uh, I'm stuck in Calgary, though. So <laughs> They say the Texas of uh, Canada. That's what they say Calgary is. Yeah, Texas, Florida, <laughs> I don't know, Idaho, uh, <laughs> Canada, I don't know. <laughs> how, how do you like uh, living out in Alberta? Uh, it's good. Um, it's, uh, what I've always said to people, it's like, kind of like the, the center point it feels like of, uh, of Canada. Um, you know, it's, it's an hour flight to Vancouver, three hour flight to Toronto, uh, lots to do on a, you know, just a recreational level. You know, it's a, it's a small city, but it has obviously, uh, you know, the big city like amenities, etc. So, uh, yeah, it's been a nice little change of pace from living 45 minutes away from Toronto or in <laughs> Toronto. So uh, how how much different is it from Toronto? Um, it's so like imagine imagine like what Toronto looks like, like the six, you know, like, you know, like not, not the, sorry, the six, <laughs> <laughs> like the six, uh, I guess, like the boroughs, if you want to call them that, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Uh, imagine like that type of uh, land right with like a fifth of the population oh okay so, so it's very like spread out city um that they, they they there's always a joke out here that there's a huge like urban like sprawl basically where you know the city's really interconnected it really depends on inner city like highways highway systems uh they call them trails here um <laughs> so there's like sarcy cowboy uh stony like just there's a whole bunch of them um and yeah, so we're basically, uh, you know, yeah, like to get from one point of the city, if you're just taking normal streets, it would take you the same amount of time it would take you to get from, say, Scarborough to Etobicoke, mm-hmm. um, like similarly, uh, time-wise, but, uh, you know, with way less population density when you get to certain parts. So even in the downtown uh, sections, so. Oh, so that's not bad. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so by now, I've let the listeners know what you do, but tell us in your words, your role in the music community. Well, uh, up until, uh, I guess, yesterday from when we're recording <laughs> this phone call, um, 
we uh, I was uh, working for a company called MRG Live in uh, in Western Canada. Uh, I was one of the primary talent buyers uh, out west, uh, basically in charge of a whole bunch of venues and uh, was a touch point for a lot of the tours that would hit Western Canada through our company. So that's, you know, offering on tours, confirming tours, kind of all over the place uh, in, in regards to uh, what we kind of did. We, we own and operate, we own and op- the, the company, sorry, owns and operates, uh, I think f- six venues currently, o- owns or operates. So that's like the Queen Elizabeth in Toronto, uh, Adelaide Hall in Toronto. Uh, we used to run the Garrick in Winnipeg, uh, which is shut down uh, during the pandemic. Uh, and then in Vancouver, we had the Vogue Theater, which is like a basically like an equivalent to the Danforth or the Phoenix in Toronto, uh, the Imperial, which is basically like a mod club. And then the Biltmore, which is basically like the Horseshoe, uh, to put it in Ontario perspective. And then we also ran the Capitol Ballroom in Victoria, which is uh, like the Horseshoe of Victoria. <laughs> so to give people the best uh, understanding of, of what what those rooms kind of, you know, uh, what what type of bands or you know, the, the size capacities, et cetera. Well, that's awesome. It was a big role. So like, like, and that was, you've been doing that for, uh, since what, 2015? Yeah. I started in September of 2016. I actually started the Friday of Riot Fest. So, oh, fun. Uh, so I think it was, uh, the last Riot Fest was the, <laughs> like I found out <laughs> that morning that, uh, I had gotten the job, um, at, at MRG and uh, I started the Monday following. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Um, you know, a lot of great memories, a lot of uh, great people that work at that company uh, and that run that company. So, but yeah. So most of my guests are musicians and I typically ask how they got started playing music. Do you play any instruments? Uh, I, 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 uh, I try to, I'm really bad at it. Um, <laughs> I, I think at, at a young age, I realized very quickly uh, in my high school years that, uh, the idea of stepping on a stage and performing was better left to people who could actually do it, uh, <laughs> instead of people who are trying to fake their way through it. Um, but you know, I have, I have a small setup at, at the house. Um, you know, I, uh, I was trying to, trying to write the great American rock record, uh, during, uh, during the pandemic, but, uh, you know, I just, it's more so just for, you know, noodling around and, you know, something to do when I'm bored. Oh, interesting. Um, so then what really got you into music growing up? Um, so I had a friend uh, in high school, uh, my buddy Joe Clancy. Um, he was a uh, like a ska and skate punk promoter in Oshawa at the dungeon, which hilariously full circle, the dungeon or like the physical space that the dungeon's in is reopening. Oh, interesting. Uh, in the next few months. So uh, that's pretty exciting. Um so yeah, he, uh, you know, I went to high school in Oshawa. Uh, my, my buddy was basically just like, Hey, do you want to, uh, like help me out? I need a couple hands. So I would just basically, you know, I think the first gig I worked was this thing called Ontario ska fest. Um, <laughs> I believe the headliner was a band called ska face and the gentleman named Chris Murray who lives in California, but he was in a, uh, a pretty notable ska band back in the day called uh, King apparatus. Uh, like they're a Toronto uh, and he, I think it was like Mitch Girio is like another huge, like Canadian ska legend <laughs> okay, uh, and like producer as well now. Um, anyway, so that was like their band, but Chris was doing like a solo show. So I actually was uh, helping out 
like running around the city getting like uh like i had to go pick up the merch and i had to go do all this you know background stuff for joe he's like oh i need you know groceries for the green room We're like okay cool yeah like just tell me what you need and it was just like kind of just kind of fell into it and in the back of my head i just like thought you know how great it was of a you know just to kind of be on the back end um when i was a kid hilariously what a lot of people don't know is uh my dad actually uh in the turkish community does events oh cool so he basically um like like with turkish like folk music him and like 10 of his friends started this uh this like group in in downtown toronto where they just basically host these like fundraisers for the community and uh if you really dig on the internet you can find me in like traditional turkish garb <laughs> doing like folk dancing which i don't recommend to anyone but i'm letting everyone know in a recorded format that they're very funny photos of me <laughs> um, so if you know my dad's name you can pretty much google and find it so i'm just giving you the leg up there but um <laughs> but no yeah so like my dad did that you know i was obviously like in that back end stuff like seeing what my dad was doing working with the venues etc you know hanging out in the green rooms with like you know these turkish instruments people tuning them and rehearsing so from a young age i like really had a, a love for it where I just like, I felt like at home and uh, like not uneasy in like a back of house kind of setting because of my dad's work, uh, like, like volunteer work that he was doing for the community. And then, yeah. And then, yeah, obviously my buddy Joe asked me uh, to, you know, just help him out here and there. And I did. And then uh, that was, I think it was, it must've been like grade 11 or 12. And I, I basically had to decide obviously with school what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I was, I was really into like, like certain types of punk and hardcore around that time. And, uh, you know, I kind of saw St. Catharines as like this incredible, like music community. Um, so I decided to move there and that had a lot to do with, you know, the Dynalones of the world, um, you know, in like Bedlam, like the Bedlam Society and, you know, Scene Music Festival, etc. I moved here and literally I think it was the week I landed in St. Catharines. That's when Bedlam moved to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I became hilariously a little bit disenfranchised with it because I was like, oh, I came all the way here for school. This sucks. And, you know, it was a bit of a, a bit of a troll for a few years there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, I remember there was another promoter in town. We don't need to say his name. Um, but, uh, you know, I, a bunch of my friends were playing shows for him and, uh, you know, they were always like, you know, concerned about, you know, money or this or that, like they weren't seeing like, you know, how the whole thing kind of operated. And I remember I was talking to Joe one night and he was just like, yeah, like, you know, the, like, you know, I'm like, hey, what should I do? Like, you know, can I, do you think I can help these people out a bit? And, you know, I, he was basically like, yeah, you know, like, this is what you'd have to do if you wanted to book a show, et cetera. And around that same time, I, you know, became very close to people like Shane Tyre in St. Catharines and that like Kyle Payton, like that whole world of like the DIY, like hardcore kind of world uh, in, in St. Catharines. And I think kind of just like came up in conversation one day that like, you know, hey, let's do like basement shows. Right. And I think like your, your, your crew of friends was kind of doing similar stuff around that time, like doing like house shows, mm -hmm. et cetera. And uh, I met Breezy around that time. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just like things were weirdly aligning. And then um, there was actually a, a spot 
in downtown St. Catharines, hilariously where uh, Rock Universe or whatever it's called now, <laughs> there was a, 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 an art space called Sessions at 73. And it, uh, yeah, like basically this lady named Michelle Bellarose, which, uh, you know, God rest her soul. She, she passed away from cancer a few years ago. Um, she, she basically was like doing like, uh, like performative art stuff in this space, cool. but she had a three month lease in this building and someone like went to it. Someone for some reason, like walked by it or saw it open and she was in there like just making noise and it came in, it came up in conversation that you know you know well maybe we just try to do that instead right uh, instead of doing house shows we had a couple house shows happen like we invited a couple bands from the states to come play in the basements of this person's house in in uh in welland ontario and uh yeah it was just like we kind of we're trying to figure it all out and uh, I ended up ha- taking a meeting with her and she was like, yeah, like I can talk to the landlord and, you know, if you guys want to take over, like, that's totally cool. And then, uh, yeah, we, we ended up taking over. I did the math. I think it was $1,100 a month. I had to book 11 shows. I made a hundred dollars each. <laughs> and I basically offered any band that wanted to play. I was like, look, the first hundred bucks goes to, uh, the venue. And then after that you keep a hundred percent. Um, so a bunch of bands thought that was a great idea. They kind of came in and we did that for a whole year. Um, I think that's, I think that's how we kind of in a roundabout way, Matt, Mm -hmm. um, because Matt started doing shows there too. And then, uh, yeah, it, you know, obviously we did scene fest that year. I think we had, I'm committing a sin and like kingdoms and uh, hardcore warrior, uh, (laughs) play there. Um, yeah, it was just like a generally like a cool room. It was a dry space, you know, super DIY. Um, you know, we didn't allow alcohol into the room, etc. Um, yeah, I had a whole bunch of shows there. Attack and Black played there, which was pretty cool. Uh, Abandon All Ships played there, which was like, <laughs> also pretty cool because, you know, those dudes are actually uh, like super nice. Um, even if you don't like their music, they're great guys. Um, and yeah, no, we just kind of... Uh, did our thing there and then uh i I forget which show was but a show happened there and um like the police got called oh oh no i think it was was a matt show hilariously (laughs) and uh, and yeah it just like it got really really bad because we didn't have like insurance or the proper zoning or like a fire plan or you know any idea of how to actually run a business um (laughs) And then, yeah, like basically the landlord found out, the city found out all at once. And we basically were told that if we don't shut down by, I think it was like February 11th, 2010 was the date. So it was like 11 years ago, which is crazy. Um, we would face like this, this huge, like insurmountable fine from the city. Oh, no. Like, it was just crazy. So anyway, uh, myself and like Marshall Hignett, who was like involved in the space and like Shane and all these other people basically we just had this hilarious plan that like on the 10th of February, we would just have like an all day show. Um, and like, I had to like pay all these, like, I don't know if you remember that room, but it was like super messed up from like kids moshing. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah. So basically we had like the landlord was like, you owe me this amount of money. And you know, I didn't really have like a real job at that point. Um, 
And so like, we kind of did like a last fundraiser at, at 73. <laughs> uh, that's what we called it, obviously. And then, uh, yeah. And uh, I think there, there, the funniest one was that uh, this band called World Beater played and it was like Chris O'Toole's like from Keep It Ups. Like, I think this is like the one of the last bands that he like he started. I think he's played in other bands since, but um, it was just like a funny thing for me because I was a huge Keep It Up fan at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so like they played, Marshall played, uh, uh, was it Talking Blue, which was like the first band to ever play that venue under our, us played. Um, yeah, there was just like a whole bunch of people came out, showed up, supported. And yeah, then we moved to the Mansion House and, you know, took that over and was there for about three years and then yeah and then detour and then i was out (laughs) what was the biggest show or like the biggest band that you had at 73 probably attacking black attacking black yeah yeah i mean like just from like a cultural impact standpoint i would say they were probably the biggest um there are some like other obviously like highlight shows for me like fear before the march of flames yeah it was a great show um like i'm committing a sin who are great uh who mm-hmm. were great um they played which was awesome i think they played there at least like twice um we had this band called the burning hell i remember play there um i'd never heard them before and uh i think i think it was them and like this band from the east called like construction deconstruction oh cool and it was just like like super indie rock like can con level stuff and it was i just remember like I, I had gotten, had gotten a paycheck from my day job, which was uh, working at Subway. And I, I remember, I think I spent like half my paycheck at that show, which like, you know, I was working like 10 hours a week. But, uh, I spent half my paycheck on all these CDs, but, uh, but no, it was, it was cool. Like, you know, we never like, you know, it was very like community driven. There's a lot of people behind it. It wasn't just me. And yeah. And then, yeah, we moved to the mansion house and that's where I met like Eric like Eric was actually, so the funny thing about Dixon is how we met was Shane Turner from Waterbys and I were like, we started this company. Um, and uh, she, like, I used to go to Staples mm-hmm. to like go print tickets and, <laughs> and Eric was working there. Really? Yeah. That's how, that's how we like really like connected. Like we'd see each other at the bars and like, I think at one point, like my girlfriend at the time was like dating his girlfriend, like, like, no, no, sorry. Well, that's, that's weird. Um, <laughs> his, his girlfriend was friends with my girlfriend. That's right. But like, we would be like in like weird, like social situations, but yeah. we, like, we didn't really know each other. Um, but then we kind of got to know each other. You know, we had a couple of drinks. Uh, this was still in my drinking years, which was <laughs> to think about too. Um, and yeah, we just like, you know, I talked to him and he was like, look, like, you know, I want to kind of figure, you know, get involved in some capacity. So he just started like making posters for us um, instead of like Shane having to do them because he's also just a very good graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I just kind of eventually went in a in a way we, you know, Eric was not so much involved during that first compilation CD we put out, but like second and onwards, he pretty much started running like the day-to-day of like the label and everything else. Um, Cause I just thought those were good ideas. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. <laughs> so um, 
but yeah, like that first CD was basically, you know, we wanted to like, we, yeah, like the adopted friends CDs that we used to put out. Um, basically like we took, you know, our, our friends and we basically wanted to find a way to showcase. And we took the money that we made off a bunch of these shows and we're like, okay, well, let's just spend all of our profit re reinvesting into like the music community. Right. So we would take, you know, 20 shows worth of profit. And, you know, at the time it's like a thousand bucks for us, which is like not a lot. <laughs> and uh, we would basically print these CDs and then we'd have like a release show. And that's how we launched like indoor shoes. We just kind of like had this compilation of bands we loved in the city. And then every year we just kind of tried to, you know, what's, what's new, what's coming up, what's cool around Ontario and yeah, every dollar that indoor shoes ever made, I think until pretty much I left, uh, was reinvested in some capacity into those bands. Like we, we never took any, like we had other jobs through all that mm-hmm. five years that I was with, with that, with the company. Um, so yeah, we just like took the money, put out a vinyl for a band because they wanted a vinyl, right. You know, some, some records sold really well. Uh, like you know, like thirty nil or you know, uh, Grays or Fiverr, and you know, some didn't, and we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, you know, we, you know, we were very, we were very lucky. I think we were just like, you know, I think it could have been anyone doing what we were doing around that time. I think there was like an appetite for like a community based uh, events company that wasn't like razor focused on revenue Mm -hmm. you know i think you know there was a lot of growing pains like you know i think our biggest problem was that we did you know we were very like uh dismissive of people who didn't understand what we were trying to do right Um, so like if people were like you know oh we just want to play the big shows it's like okay well you know we 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 weren't like always the nicest Mm -hmm. um but i think like at the same time like you know, the people who did work with us, they quickly understood that, like, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily about us making money. It was about seeing the the music community grow, you know, and, you know, once people saw that and started buying into that, I think we started a lot of really like long lasting types of relationships. Mm-hmm. So um, it is it is like, obviously, you know, in hindsight, it would be nice to, you know, be able to have bought in a house around that time with the amount of money that we spent on vinyl. Um, but yeah, you know, um, it, it was what kind of what it was. And, you know, we, I think like when I left the company was in some serious debt. So I actually sold Eric, the company, like I signed over the company to him for, uh, a, a, my, my selection of a drink from Starbucks during the drive. <laughs> so like that was the joke we made. So, um, but yeah, he uh you know he he had a series of really good shows once i left and you know the company was good and that kind of led to him investing in opening warehouse right um which you know i think is a a continuation of that model that you know started with 73 where i had no idea what i was doing then to eric you know and it's telling eric about all those things i had no idea i was doing but like that model of like community and you know building you know, building up people um, and providing them a space, regardless of what they sound like, regardless of what they look like, regardless of how they live their life, you know, providing a, 
you know, uh, you know, I, I think the word like the safe spaces gets thrown ar- around a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people like to think that. And sometimes you have venues who say that kind of stuff, but don't really necessarily practice what they preach. But, um, you know, I think Eric's done a remarkable job of, you know, having a space where, yeah, literally anyone can do anything. And it's so like razor focused on community. It is still a for-profit enterprise and, you know, they do want to make money, but, um, you know, he's done such a incredible job of like, yeah, like providing that space, even, even at a, you know, at a personal financial sacrifice, you know, um, and I, obviously I don't see the books or anything. I'm not involved in that space at all, but, you know, from the outside looking in, like, it just seems like, you know, everyone's very well represented there. And, you know, they provide like a very accessible spot uh, to people, Mm -hmm. all walks of life, which is great. And it's, you know, but yeah, like, like I said, I think like, you know, anyone with, you know, like I had no business acumen when I was like starting (laughs) to do what I was doing. I was just like, I remember, I remember when uh, we started really making like a push to grab a lot of business from like, like bona fide agents um, given there was like a shitty circumstance. I think we all remember. Um, I remember I sent in a, an email where I was like, Hey, so here's my offer. And there was like, no like Excel sheet. It was just like me typing in what the deal <laughs> was. And like, this is what we're going to spend on this. And then I remember the agent was like, come to Toronto tomorrow. I'm like, why would I come to Toronto? He's like, I need you. I need an in-person meeting. So I sat down in, in this office at an agency and they're like, if you ever send us an email like that, I'm going to block your email. <laughs> they're like, use this Excel sheet, put everything in there. It'll spit out everything. And for, I think, I think Eric still uses that sheet. <laughs> and I was like, really? Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, that was, that was probably yeah, at least eight or nine years ago, maybe even 10. But, uh, but yeah, so basically like we didn't have like a, an offer sheet. We just had like, you know, handshake deals with people. Right. So imagine going from handshake deals to working with people who actually need like physical, like documents being like, <laughs> this is what the offer is this something we can come back to? Um, you know, we had no idea what like a promoter profit deal was or a versus deal was, or, you know, <laughs> deal or, you know, all in versus, or, you know, any of those, any of the things that right now, like I can literally just like create on the fly, like in, in my head, I can do the math. So <laughs> It's like, it's kind of funny now in hindsight, but you know, it was one of those things where we obviously learned a lot of lessons. We made a lot of big mistakes. And, uh, but I think like, I think we were, you know, and Eric, Eric, Eric is owed a lot of credit in that conversation, but we, we spent a lot of time, you know, just like what, how did we like philosophically kind of see like the music business within a community like St. Catharines, right? And it's like, you know, yeah, there's a money conversation always, but I don't think, I don't think it's ever been like the, the mandate of whatever him or I did in that, in that region, you know, it was always about serving the community that supported us in such like a, you know, in such unequivocal terms. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think warehouse does a good job at doing that. Cause like what you said is like, they do practice what they preach. Um, and it's good for that reason, because like, they literally are the only venue in this kind of like area. So it's like, it's good to have that kind of venue that, that does that kind of stuff where uh, versus like a venue that wouldn't do that kind of stuff. Like, you know, like it's, it's, it's grown from so far. Like it's, yeah, it's I mean, there, there, there are some venues that do a lot of really good live music and, you know, have been like an incubator for, for stuff, you know, mm-hmm. 
but um you know and like mate is one of those in mm-hmm. st catherine's uh you know Mikado at one point was that you know mansion house at one point was that detour was that at one point mm-hmm. i think it's just like a another one in the long list of venues that kind of did that it's just the only one right now and I, like i don't know how the heck he's surviving this pandemic but um, <laughs> you know, uh, i'll leave that to eric to on his podcast to, right yeah uh, on his episode because, yeah i i uh yeah i don't know i don't know what uh drugs he's dealing or, or whatever <laughs> I'm just but uh yeah but yeah i know i think like you know and yeah like you know a lot of that success you know has translated into even something like trust yeah, yeah, I was just about to say his uh, his other project, right? Trust. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, you know, that's that's the kind of thing, you know, we 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 approached what we were doing with a lot of integrity and, you know, transparency as to what we were doing. And I think people really understood why we were doing, you know, I think like the how of what we do is like anyone can do it. Like any any idiot can, you know, get a spreadsheet, plug in a bunch of numbers and book a show, right? Like it's not, it's not rocket science. We're not like curing cancer or anything. Right. Um, but I think like, you know, like those subtle, like nuances and like how you're perceived and how you treat people, you know, and those were lessons we had to learn along the way, you know, we weren't, like I said, like we weren't always, you know, the most patient of, of people and like, you know, you can, you can attest <laughs> to that, Phil, um, but, uh, but, you know, we weren't always, you know, the, the most patient we were all, we weren't always the nicest, but we, we were always steadfast in our commitment to the local arts community. Um, however that looked, you know, and we always tried to do our best to serve those people. And we did it at, you know, a a financial sacrifice, Mm -hmm. you know, so anyone who would, you know, if they had any complaints about what we were doing, we always just turned around and said, Hey, like, this is pretty much a not for profit. Like, you know, we're just (laughs) doing this because we love the community. Right. You know? And it's like, if you guys can't see that, then that's your own problem. And like, well, we're happy to have that conversation with you, but (laughs) <laughs> um, but you know, those things have opened other doors, you know, that, that, that approach and, you know, working with, you know, every band you can imagine led to my job in Toronto, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and led to those relationships that I still have to this day, uh, in, in Toronto. Um, and, you know, that led to me moving out West, you know, yeah. and it was like the foundation is like, you know, if you build a foundation on, you know, just like a genuine respect for what these musicians and what these art, you know, adjacent folks are doing. And that's how you approach, you know, those, those relationships. And you're like, look, like I can't do what you do, but like, I'm in the position where I'm doing something that you don't want to do, you know, or you don't know how to execute. And, you know, um, so we just kind of came in and we just kind of did our thing. And yeah, like it, it 100% led, you know, some of those, those like agent based artists that I worked with, I still work with, mm-hmm. you know, like I booked, you know, said the whale in St. Catharines, you know, with, with Matt at the mansion house. Right. You know? And now I'm doing their entire national tour. That's crazy. You know what I mean? So it's like, I have Toronto, I think it's, what do we have? We have Toronto, uh, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Victoria. That, that's that, that's you, uh, that, that tour is up right now, like on wow. sale and for next year. So it's like that, that's that, that relationship started in St. Catharines. Yeah. You know? Like it's like, you know, Tokyo Police Club. I did a bunch of shows with them on their, you know, pre pandemic tour. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, 
I did that, uh, Eric and I at Warehouse, we did uh, the World's a Beautiful Place with the Hotelier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the I think the guitar player in the world is is now like one of the biggest like like uh, like agents in like that pop punk punk adjacent space out of New York. He's one of the biggest agents. He works in uh, you know he works with you know literally name a like a punk band that's like on the come up, and he has something to do with it. And I oh, met cool. him. I met him in St. Catharines, you know, and I do a ton of shows for him out in uh, in in Vancouver and in Alberta. You know, I'm like one of one of probably like two calls that he'll probably make in that city. Right. And, you know, he he reps like men I trust. And, you know, that band played in St. Catharines. I did my first show for them in at Warehouse. And now, you know, we're doing some big rooms out in Vancouver. You know, it's like it's like weird how it all kind of mm-hmm. plays. And it all comes back to this like one moment of like, hey, I'm just going to do shows in the town that I loved living in. So, yeah, <laughs> that's insane um what have been composure i don't know if you remember that <laughs> oh yeah i definitely uh yeah yeah balance and composure that was a really good show hotelier was a really good one yeah. um yeah and, and all the dirty nail shows were always a fun time yeah and like they're another band like you know they just saw what we were doing and you know they bought in and you know they you know they were always like super kind about giving us like tracks for those compilations and you know, we really tried to elevate them as a, as a trio. And, you know, even, you know, like even in like a current context, it's like, you know, those, those people are three of the best to do it. <laughs> in, in, in Canada. The funniest one, the funniest one too, is like, uh, like pup is another band that we, we booked. Yeah. I have, I have, I have a poster that I found, uh, you know, do you remember Nick Giamarco? No. He's like a Wellen dude who played in a band called Canyon Carvers. Okay. Yeah. And so there was a, an album release show in, uh, in, in St. Catharines at the mansion house. And it was cousin was the name of the band. And it was like their EP release. And then underneath them was Canyon Carvers underneath Canyon Carvers was the dirty nil. And then the first band on that show was a band called Topanga. Topanga. And then, you know, fast forward. Like, that's like, that's like, I think it was like eight bucks to get into that show. <laughs> and it was like, and then, yeah, like, obviously, you know, Boy Meets World gets reannounced. And then, you know, Topanga changes her name to Pup. And you're just like, you know, now they're just taking over the world. That yeah. band, like, like, it's like, it's like, you know, it's, I think like, you know, they were just good dudes. They're still good dudes. Sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they're some of the best, but. You know, that's like it's like an interesting like you think back, you're like, I remember that show. I remember, you know, being like, oh, this band, this band rips. And, you know, you're like, you stay in touch. You, you know, you, you do a couple other shows to them to change the name to Pup. And next thing you know, you're like standing in Calgary in like a, you know, almost a 2000 capacity room. <laughs> and, you know, the show's sold out and you're like, holy shit, this is wow. so sick, you know. And, you know, those those dudes are still like you know you know super super kind super you know like you know communicative like in the sense of like you know they're like yo what's up like you know it's like they're like old friends kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 cool seeing some of those bands that like you know did play those early shows for us really you know we did like sheepdog shows even right (laughs) i remember i did a sheepdog show with like 10 people at it at the mansion house wow 
And then like was like Misog Bellion's band opened. I forget their name. There's like Autumn Blue or something was the name of the band. But yeah, like they they played the show. I literally just like hung out with those sheepdogs dudes, like bought them food. They're just like, you know, good guys to hang with. And then, you know, next thing you know, they're on the cover of Rolling Stone. Next thing yeah. you know, they're, you know, selling out the Danforth or selling out this venue. And it's just like it's so sick. And it's like that's I think I think that's what I love about the job is like you know, you see these bands like on their each unique path and, you know, some of them, some of them never make it, but some of them do. And it's, it's so good. It was like, yeah, like, you know, it's so just like nice to see it happen in real time. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, we're just like, oh yeah, those, those dudes deserves, deserve like what they got. You know what I mean? Like they, they really worked it. They really like hustled out in those like dingy clubs that, you know, we were working in and you know they really you know approached it with a lot of like you know kind of similarly to what how we approached it you know with just like a lot of appreciation and integrity and you know just kind of like a go get it type of attitude and you know it's just it's it's cool to see a lot of those like a, a bunch of those bands you know start touring nationally or internationally and you know start doing really well obviously coupled with like extremely good records yeah obviously yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) what have been some of your favorite ontario bands that's in the last couple of years what's caught your attention um i love pop like that's can't go wrong with pop they're they're featured on them uh they they, that new metallica record i don't know if they're they're on that yeah yeah that was so sick (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you like guitars here's some guitars boys yeah um, <laughs> um but no yeah it was uh yeah they, they've been really cool i'm like i don't think my music taste has changed too much like i'm still into the same types of bands you know dirty nil um i think fucking sorry to swear but i think fucking daniel romano is like just on a fucking tear right now <laughs> um, i literally just bought i went to the record store and bought that and the new turnstile record so um but yeah romano is just crushing right now that's great um yeah i think it was like 11 or 12 records <laughs> I, I i've never actually listened to a whole bunch of daniel romano you you should you should it's it's i'm gonna have to it's very good um it's, it's funny because like at one point he was doing obviously doing a lot of more country like in that old style yeah jones kind of vibe country uh for a while but yeah, his his new stuff is very like Dylan, you know, rock and roll, like rooty rock and roll, like just I don't know. It's it's so good. The new record is like mind numbing. <laughs> I literally was like texting Kenny yesterday because he helped record it. Oh, cool. I was, I was like, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know how you guys keep doing it, but it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he used to do sound for all your guys' shows too, right? He still he still does a lot of sound for for Eric when he's not touring. So. Oh, cool. Is he playing a band? Uh, he used to way back in the day, but um, like Kenny's a really good musician, uh, from what I remember. But uh, no, he he's definitely just focusing on like producing and mastering and audio engineering and yeah, like just like just general audio engineering stuff. So oh, cool. Um, but he does. I think they like op- they like built out a studio somewhere in St. Catharines. Oh, really? Yeah. Like that's that's like so like Dan and Ian and kenny are all kind of working out of that now which makes sense given that they're putting out like a record every month right now so (laughs) (laughs) hellbent's gonna do a cover of uh attack and black 
That's sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be sick. Yeah. Um, doing it for something like a compilation or something. We're doing it. Yeah, we're just doing a bunch of covers of uh, like Ontario bands. Actually, I think it's just Canadian bands. But are you doing? Uh, was it 1950? What do you? What do you? What, you what song are we doing? Give me a second here. I can't totally remember off the top of my head. Um, Cut and Run would be a good song. If you guys broken things. Oh, broken. Yeah, it's a good one too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. So we're doing broken things, a bunch of other cool tunes. Uh, uh, we're doing obviously gob, nice. soda. Yeah. <laughs> were you at that gob show at Mansion House when someone jumped out of the parking lot? And and, was, and they broke their uh, like leg or something, right? I, I don't know if they got hurt. I don't remember that, but I remember security <laughs> fucking was pissed. <laughs> like, like was it like, like no, it was in Wildside. It was it, one of Shane's bands played. I'm pretty sure, and then. Uh, or it might have been desperate times. I don't know. It was like one of the one of the hardcore bands. Yeah. Like the wrong crew or whatever. Uh mm-hmm. like hardcore hardcore bands play that show. But uh fucking uh, someone someone was in like at the mansion house in the back part, like there's like those circles. Yeah. I think it was on like the third floor, and like Gob was like playing, and they like looked up and saw someone, and they're like, You should jump. And the guy <laughs> was like, Okay. And just fucking like oh Jesus. Like, oh my god. And like they all just like ran to catch him because he's just gonna eat shit on the pavement. It was uh yeah, I got in a lot of trouble for that. I'm like, I didn't fucking tell anyone to jump. Like, <laughs> the guy just wanted to jump in a lake, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> lake of concrete. Yeah, like literally. <laughs> Jesus. Lake of like stale beer <laughs> in Mansion House parking lot. So. Cigarette butts. Yeah. <laughs> have you did you see that that uh that like building next to it is completely uh, or it's actually it'd be like behind mansion or whatever did you see it burnt down oh like the barracuda pretty or whatever yeah 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 i saw that someone someone posted on the instagram and i was like kind of a shithole <laughs> like i'm pretty sure like no one was in there but yeah um, but yeah, I don't like. Was CFBU still in there? Like the radio station? No, it's a complete. It was a completely abandoned building. Yeah, that that's such a waste, man. Like, yeah, that Big Bucks Barracuda Pretty spot was like such a good venue when mm-hmm. it was like up and going. But yeah, it's it's brutal. It's brutal out here. <laughs> so I saw on your uh, your social media is your you have an adorable dog that you've been posting. Yeah, about. he's actually right here. Do you want to see him? I'll pull yeah, him up. Yeah, I do. Yeah, here. One second. Sorry to everyone who's listening who's hearing my chair. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is uh, Charlie. Charlie. Lovely. Yeah. So how's it being a, a new dog owner? Uh, it's good. I've had dogs um, in, in the past. Um, I named it after uh, JJ's old dog. Oh, Joke. nice. It's JJ's JJ's dog. He has like a old English bulldog named Charlie as well. So I oh, just cool. Give, I don't actually. I didn't. We didn't actually name him off that. I. <laughs> I think the joke is, uh, his name's uh, Charles Barkley. Uh, so like <laughs> the dog Barkley it works on a couple levels. I love basketball too. So, um, but yeah, um, it's cool. Like he's he's a, he's a Jack Russell. He's like what six months old. Yeah, it's great. He's, he's so chill. He just he just wants sleeps and pets and go to the dog park and meet dogs that'll just bully him around a bit. It's it's great. So. And do, like, do you get him like as a puppy? Yeah, yeah. We were we were like kind of looking. Like Victoria has a like my partner has a uh like a family dog already that we were okay. like kind of watching every now and again. And then 
yeah, like an opportunity came up with uh, Mr. Charlie and uh, we just jumped. So he is, <laughs> a, he, is a pan- he is a pandemic puppy. Um, <laughs> been working from home quite a bit, but um, or I guess now I'm just playing Fortnite from home a lot. Because, uh, <laughs> my, uh, my previous employment, but uh, no, yeah, he's he's great. He's super chill. He yeah, he's he's super calm for his breed. So I'm yeah, pretty on it yeah that's great yeah Haley and i we, we we have a rescue dog we've had him for a couple while his name is buckley we named him after like the buckley brothers and every time i die yeah <laughs> can't go wrong with that are you going to eat it christmas or whatever i don't know i don't know if am i even allowed to cross the border yet um land border might be a bit difficult but i know yeah yeah, like you, you can fly. I know it sounds insane, but like <laughs> you can fly from St. Catharines to Buffalo if you if you really wanted to. So. Exactly. Or you just go to Hamilton and fly from there. So they have a show scheduled in Toronto for next year in March. Yeah. So I'll is probably that a, is that the Under Oath Spirit Box tour? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good tour. I'm doing the Vancouver one of it. It's it's uh that's a lineup. That's crazy. <laughs> that, eh? that is the, that that's what they call a lineup. So. Yeah, yeah, and I'm really excited for the new every Eated record, right? Yeah, Eated Christmas is like the You've, highlight of pre-pandemic life in Southern Ontario. Like, right? Yeah, uh, hilarious. I've I've like I've kind of like through the pandemic uh, become like not like I wouldn't say friends, but just like acquaintances with like the brothers Ring who like. I just say the, the, the ring, the, the, the rings like, <laughs> do that event. Yeah. Um, like who are the promoters who do like the, like it's like after dark or whatever their company name is. Yep. Great dudes. But yeah, man, <laughs> like, I just like, I'm just, they're like, you should come out for it. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Right now, the, <laughs> the borders, but I know the lineup's going to be great. Um, Eric and I actually for, I think three straight years, maybe two straight, two years in a row. We, we I spent Christmas like going with Eric to, mm-hmm. to the ETID thing. So was that like like I, I I'm like one of those like I, I really think ETID's a really, really, really good band. Mm-hmm. But like I like somehow like miss them when they were like coming up. So I'm doing like for me, it's more of like in the last like four years, I've like started really appreciating mm-hmm. their music. But because they're friends with like every band in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, like those lineups are just like out of control. So it's like, for me, it was like, Oh, against me is playing with Etid, And like, I grew up listening. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go. And then I think like the last year we went, it was like Menzingers. Yeah. Uh, were one of the bands. So it was just like, yeah, like this is, this, these are easy, easy decisions to, uh, to go. So. Yeah. I've been the last couple of years and like, uh, I would normally, uh, obviously this case is a, a little bit different, but as soon as they would announce it, I would just buy my ticket. Like I know that I'm going to see every time I die, they put on a good show and I know they're going to bring every sick band. I don't need to worry about the lineup. It's going to yeah, be, you, don't, yeah, you know, you know that it's going to be well curated at the end of the day. Exactly. But, yeah. But we, yeah, we did the hotel thing, Eric and I, so like nice. every, it was like tradition, like last year when it didn't happen, I was so sad. Like I was, uh, I was pretty choked about it because I was just like, that's like, you know, part of my, you know, my thing was, you know, whether I was in Toronto or Calgary, I would fly back around the holidays. Yeah. And yeah, we just like, we'd, we'd have like a, a weekend where we would just <laughs> hang out and like, you know, Christy would be there and Eric and I, we'd like split a hotel and, you know, it was great. It was, it was the best. Those are, those are some of my fondest memories. So, um, 
but yeah it's just uh yeah pandemic man pandemic life the guys and every time i die i think they bought a house in buffalo and like renoed it and now you can, it's like an airbnb house and it's like the every time i die airbnb house that's so sick yeah it's it, like jordan's painted a couple rooms yeah like yeah. it's obviously super yeah. sick stories from working with so many bands for over the years do you have any ones that stick out the most i mean the one from gob is pretty pretty intense yeah the gob the gob story is pretty sick um that was fun um i think like the i think like the most like full circle moment for me in my career was uh my boss at mrg uh booked uh against me in Mm -hmm. in oshawa oh cool and this was like what like four years ago now maybe nice and uh i remember i remember he like booked it and like he's from oshawa as well or he yeah like he 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 went to the high school across the street for me and so he booked against me because he was a huge against me fan too and he was like he's like okay like we gotta go and and i was like how about this i have an even better idea let me run the show for against me <laughs> super cool was, like he was like okay and like, I, I, I run shows all the time, like, you know, for that, I, I used to for that company quite a bit. So I, uh, I remember I just had like, had this like weird 
thing where like I went to uh, like I, I showed up pretty earlier in the day, like way before load. I think it was like 8 a.m. I was in Oshawa, like with, <laughs> with like, a rental car. And I like went to my high school um, where like I remember like my most vivid memories of high school as like a 30 year old were like, you know, having like those uh, those like mini disc players, not CD players. But like remember how they went to like mini disc? Well, like, like, yeah. Yeah, I had like one of those. And my uh, my buddy Joe, who's like the promoter, uh, he would always just like download music and like put it on my thing on like on my mini discs for mm-hmm. me. And I remember I just used to like listen to Against Me and listen to like Captain Jazz and Braid and, you know, all these bands that like, you know, he had he had a huge influence on me musically. But um, I used to yeah, I imagine like some of my earliest memories, like grade 10, grade nine. It would be more grade 10, just grade nine. I was in Brampton and then I moved to Austin grade 10. But yeah, I was like grade 10 and 11. Um, I'd be like, yeah, like walking these halls, just like listening to Against Me. So I like went to my old high school and like sat in the parking lot and just like listened on my earbuds to Against Me, knowing that like in an hour from that moment, I'd be like loading them in at a venue in that town. Oh, that's so cool. So it, was just like, it was just like a weird, like full circle moment for me. My parents came to the show. Yeah. My mom was like, do I know this band? And I was like, mom, remember that sweater I used, I wore into the ground? And she's like, oh yeah, the one with like the 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 horse and like the cowboy. This is like as the eternal cowboy, like yeah. whatever. And she, she's like, oh, that's this band. She's like, it's too loud. <laughs> like, okay. um, and then, yeah, you know, other stuff like, um, you know, we booked uh we booked Blondie in Toronto. Oh, cool. Blondie. And that was pretty cool. It was like, that was like the kind of the music that like my mom listened to growing up. And yeah, I was able to like get my parents into the show, obviously. And <laughs> my mom was like, yeah, super pumped on that. Uh, <laughs> what else? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's a lot of my stories are like basically just like having, you know, like weird weird full circle moments or like seeing bands that like we worked with in like a smaller setting and then being like holy shit like this is for real now yeah it's like the big leagues now you know um that's always been super cool to see um and just you know just seeing other people's success and they're on their own path that's always been great um you know i uh you know seeing people like who I went to high school with or whatever, like being involved in music has always been really cool. Like uh, one of like the best photographers and video people in Toronto is a guy named Colin Medley. And I went to high school with him. And like, he does like music videos for a bunch of bands and he does like press shots for all these like really cool, like like Andy Schaff and like all that kind of stuff. That's cool. That's, that's always cool seeing that stuff. Um, what a, another, I don't know if, what other stories I really have. Um, did you book any rappers? Uh, like a few. I, I, uh, I like most of the rap stuff came through the Toronto office mm-hmm. when I was working, and like I, when it came, I would just like kind of handle like the the shows while they're like they would be like get like handed over to me like closer to the show date, and then I would just make sure that like everything was executed. But uh, Smoke Perp, I don't know if you know Smoke Perp. Yeah. yeah. Smoke Perp gave me a pair of Nikes. Really? He's like, I guess like he was only would wear them like, you know, for the set or something. So he yeah. like, he's like Nike, they're super nice. Like those like custom, like 
or whatever like it was like made for him and he basically was just like yo i don't want these and he like threw them at me and i, I think <laughs> he threw in the garbage and i just like, looked at him I'm like these are my size and these are great <laughs> he passed away right no no he's he's still he's still ripping around smoke for so, yeah smoke for yeah. so, so he's like buds with like little pump or whatever like that oh, okay yeah gucci gang and all that kind of stuff so um yeah there's i did uh i worked yeah i worked a whole bunch of them we did a bunch of stuff in like the k-pop world like some up-and-coming stuff like and like like jay park and like all that kind of stuff he's doing a lot in that in that korean like style of music so that's crazy yeah so yeah it's cool man like there's you know you meet like the thing is i'm sure i have like weird encounters etc but you know some of them are just like uh someone that like you like you're like admire as a musician just like hanging out on their phone just like you and you're like <laughs> they're like me <laughs> you're just way more talented <laughs> and you've booked a couple comedians right we did like uh i don't know if you like cody co and noel miller that's right cody yeah. co yeah we did we did that whole tour when they came through uh across canada and then uh what else then like yeah just like a bunch of comedy stuff we did michael che from snl that's cool worth um yeah I, I i worked a show once with uh was it what's that guy's name like russell peters is that is that a comedian <laughs> yeah so like i like i got hired like super last minute because there was like a bunch of people canceled and my co like my i co-worked with someone in in calgary like we share an office Mm-hmm. and he like he like called me in a panic he's like i don't know anyone and it's like a saturday night like in calgary in the middle of winter and he's like I, i'm i'm a bit uh i'm a bit like screwed it was like the guy I, he's like sick or something can you like jump in i just need you to like run this dj night where russell peters is gonna dj really and i was like yeah sure like <laughs> what do i need to do and he's like literally just make sure he gets from this venue to this venue ideally in like uh like an uber <laughs> or like a, or have a runner with like a really like an escalator or something mm-hmm. like make sure he gets from this venue to this venue make sure his green room's full make sure he has beer on stage and then make sure he gets back to his airport or sorry to his hotel near the airport and i was like yeah sure so like anyway i hung out with this dude the whole night right like i'm just like make sure he's good you know you need alcohol here's more alcohol you need you know this or that whatever that may be <laughs> um you know food <laughs> you name it he's like yeah and he just refused to call me by my name really he just called me jonah hill the entire night <laughs> and i was like i was like dude <laughs> like, like just because i'm a chubby white guy doesn't mean <laughs> come like, on not even chubby anymore <laughs> like yeah come on like, it didn't even matter in the first place that he was chubby it's like am i funny like jonah hill that's a compliment it's, you know? yeah it's like, like anyway yeah so that was cool um yeah just like yeah like you know i I did shows for that kid from stranger things oh uh, really and like uh, uh finn whoa, finn film finn wolfhard or whatever he was in a band called calpurnia i did a bunch of shows with him out west oh cool um and then he actually showed up to the pup show because he's like buds with those dudes that's right he's in the music videos was, yeah yeah and he was like filming ghostbusters <laughs> cool oh was, yeah that's right and like he like he like walked up to me and he's like, yo, where do I know you from? And I'm like, oh, I did your guy's show like at the same venue that Pup's playing. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, you know, just chatting a bit. And I was like, 
yo, is Paul Rudd coming? <laughs> it's like he was, he was <laughs> he's in Ghostbusters too. And he was just like, he was like, he like didn't answer my question. I was like, all right, cool. Like nice seeing you again. And then that was like, it was like literally like a three minute interaction, but um, he's super nice. And like Stranger Things is awesome. Yeah, it's a great show. Um, but no, yeah, like it, it's cool. Like I did, uh, I like I worked the day of for that Deftones Refuse show in Mississauga. Yeah. And then uh, the singer of Refuse was like skateboarding at Arrow Hall. And like, that's like, just like a flat, floor like a yeah and he's skateboarding and he like lost control of a skateboard and this and like i was just by chance walking to like the box office like bringing like the scanners to let people in and he was just like getting in some some reps on a skateboard and a skateboard just like uh flat tired me like oh no you know like you know like when like someone has you like a shopping cart and like yeah and you're like Oh my god! Like I like dropped the scanners when the skate like it like the skateboard hit me at like full steam. Oh no! And I like I was just like like swearing. I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "What the?" And I was like getting all mad in my head. And then I turn around and it's the dude from Refuse. And then he's like, he's like in like you know he has a, he has like good English, but he has a bit of an accent. And he's like, "Oh, sorry, man. Like, are you okay?" And then like in my head, I'm like, man, you could have taken that skateboard and like slammed it over my head and I still wouldn't be mad at you. <laughs> like <laughs> like you, you were literally, you literally wrote one of the best records of all time. <laughs> and, shit. So, um, and yeah, it's just like cool stuff like that's happened, like just like passing kind of stuff. But, um, and yeah, you just get to work with a lot of interesting, unique, diverse people. And, you know, you get to, you know, I think like I think people like kind of glamorize the music business because like you know to a lot of people it's not like a thing that like they always like a lot of people don't get to see like the back end of what happens like people like glamorize like oh I'm backstage I'm side stage watching a show it's like those are some of the most boring places to be at a festival <laughs> or at a show you know right like literally no one wants to talk no one wants to you know do anything there'll be like very like passive conversations you'll have with people it'll be like oh like cool like how's the tour going you know like, like very standard right you know, like like small talk for lack of a better word but mm -hmm. um yeah like a lot of a lot of the touring people are there because they're good people you know what i mean like and i mean that in like the least like weird way like they're you know good things happen to good people and you know it's like those people elevate to these positions most of the time, I would say like 99% of the time, they're good people. Um, you have that, you have the off 1%, but, um, you know, these people, you know, are just like normal everyday folk, you know, have families or mortgages at home. And they're, you know, you know, they're like the whole like party, like oh, we're partying and doing this. Like that. I don't, you don't, you don't really ever really see that, you know, it's like, it's mostly, no. it's most, it's like all business back there. And, you know, I, I went to, uh, you know, even like I went to like ride fest, like when I first started MRG and I was mm -hmm. like the backstage area and it's just like, you know, you just see people that you've met along the way, you know, front of house guys, you know, stop, talk to them, like the sound guys and everything you run into like tour managers, you run into, you know, artists that, you know, everyone's just chill hanging out, you know, um, I, I got really nervous the year I think it was like title fight walked by me. Oh shit. And I was just like, <laughs> like I, just, like, I was just like i'm not gonna do anything and then i was like sitting in catering at riot fest and like tyler the creator i think was playing the same year yep and, like he walked by me and i was like 
yep i'm just gonna <laughs> not say a word <laughs> like yeah just play yeah. play it cool yeah and but then you know at the same time you have like you know alexa on fire played i think that year too and you know george like stopped and said hi because you know he's one of the best in the business mm -hmm. uh, you know we did those dead tired shows at detour so he was like it was like i think we were just coming off of those shows and alexis was just getting back together around that time mm -hmm. um so yeah it's like it's just cool seeing stuff like that you know where you're just like oh man like you're in like a really important band to a lot of really good people that i know and that's cool that like that you took like two seconds out of your time to like say yeah that. it's like you know it's like people are very like you know the people who are you know they're like yeah it's just it's it's honestly it's a business of relationships and it's just about you know treating people the way you want to be treated at the end of the day and that's like like i said that's just something that i obviously you know i think myself and eric had to learn sometimes a hard way mm -hmm. you know like we weren't always the smartest or the nicest but you know we figured out our path and you know we're we are where we are now i guess yeah you made it work yeah what's your go-to gas station snack go-to gas station snack shit um i love three musketeers yeah that's a great chocolate bar yeah yeah um anyone who says a uh, big turk is a psychopath uh that's <laughs> like i think everyone expects me to say that because it's like the turkish Turkish delight, like chocolate yeah. bar thing. Yeah, Edie, Edie from London posted like something about a Turk, like the 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 big Turk or whatever that the bar is called. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, anyone who likes this is like, like, like a they're just they're just a traitor to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just disgusting. It's not even Turkish delight, but, um, but no, yeah, uh, yeah, that 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 yeah. I would, I'm I'm gonna I'm sticking by my my three musketeers three musketeers i would eat that i would eat that for every meal if i could so. <laughs> that's awesome now if you were at the level of metallica and you played in metallica what's your rock star dream writer what's waiting for you in the green room that's a damn good question <laughs> um i would say uh a puppy nice I'm, I'm pulling off of Colorado because they had that on their rider forever. Um, <laughs> they're like a puppy to take on a walk. Oh, uh, perfect. Yeah. That was, that's the best, that side note, that is the best rider request I've ever gotten was but, Colorado for years. Like during like the record in a bag era, Colorado, mm -hmm. they always at the top of it was like a puppy to take on a walk. That's like a such a good answer. Like, like promoters would like always bring their dogs and they would just like hang out with Colorado, which was like the best. Yeah. Um, I would say in my green room, I would probably have record player uh, with, I would probably want uh, like 10 selections from the promoter or whoever booked the show. Oh, cool. You're listening to um, or like recommendations locally uh, on vinyl, ideally, but you know, even Spotify <laughs> playlist is fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, what else? Yeah, probably some kombucha. And, there you go. Uh, yeah, like assorted uh, vegan snacks or vegetarian snacks. So perfect. Uh, but uh, you know, you know what's funny? I so like a lot of people always like talk about the rider stuff, right? Yeah. Like, you always like, hear like, oh, like did you hear like was it, I think it was like Aerosmith or one of those bands is like no M and M's, like no certain color M and M's. Right. 
in their rider. So like I, I was, uh, I, I think I, I, I'll find the link and send it to you on YouTube, but apparently, and this makes a lot of sense. Um, so the, the, the production, like in the trucks that that band used to carry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, was very specific to the rooms. Right. So yeah. like you would like us, like, it was like when you're, when you're like bringing stuff into an arena or into like a field or whatever, there's certain like tech stuff that you have to kind of sign off on. Right. So the reason for that whole, like no specific color M&Ms or whatever it was, was because uh, they would basically like the first thing artists do when they come to a venue is they go and check the green rooms and like the backstage, like hospitality and like get a lay of the land back there. Mm -hmm. And if they walked into the green room and saw that those M&Ms weren't like they said, you have to be thorough right? Like of our entire rider, mm -hmm. that was their test. So they would know that like, if you didn't take all the brown M&Ms out of their bowl or whatever, yeah. that you weren't fully paying attention to the entire thing. Oh, so interesting. They knew they were going to have problems, uh, like from, from, the... a tech, from a tech perspective. Oh, interesting. So that was like the whole reason for that. It wasn't like a weird, like they hate <laughs> yeah yeah it was just it wasn't like a like a preference it yeah. was like that's really interesting i've never even ever considered so that. like that that's that's like a yeah it was like obviously like you know every contract you get there's always like you know hey we're bringing in these lights whatever like someone has to like physically go through all that mm -hmm. and like you know basically um advance all that stuff properly right mm -hmm. So they knew like if they if you got if you messed up on such a small detail that you're probably messed up on something bigger too mm -hmm. so, yeah really interesting but yeah rider rider stuff though uh yeah clean socks and underwear if i was in a touring band 100 oh, good 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 um, call. and then uh 34 by 30 uh levi's 510 black <laughs> jeans there you go every time yeah <laughs> and then uh uh a black uh, medium tall Mark's work warehouse, uh, shirt. First Perfect. So, there you yeah. go. That's great. <laughs> what are, now this is a big question. Uh, what are your top five favorite artists of all time? Oh my God. <sighs> You're exposing me here. Um, <laughs> I actually, someone asked me this question recently, but, uh, I'll say, Okay, starting at five, it's a tie. I ha I'm 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 copping out on this one. It's a tie between the Constantines and Attack and Black. Okay, cool. Yeah, so they're number five. They're equal to me. I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> and then I'll say like anything that Ian from Minor Threat touched is four. I'm cheating again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Minor Threat to Fugazi to you know all that. Um, and then Sonic Youth is up there. The Smiths is up there. And then number one, I'm just going to say it, Menzingers. I don't even care. Nice. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Dylan. This is a bro Bob or whatever for showing me that band. So that, that, he's the one that showed you that band. Yeah. 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 He got really me the reason why we booked it and everything. Like wow. he, was, he was, he was early on that band. So um, yeah. Thanks to Dylan. They're so. super cool, band. I, I I love that they put out like the acoustic rendition of their last yeah. record. Yeah, super cool, band. Well, Timber, I think uh, I think we can end it there. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. 
This has been such a good pleasure. Uh, where can all the listeners find you on social medias? And if there's anything else you have anything to plug or give a shout out to, now would be your time. Uh, go buy the new Romano record. Go buy the new Turnstile record. Uh, and listen to as much Dua Lipa as you can because it'll make your life better. Um, and then, <laughs> uh, yeah, find me. Social media is just my name, T-I-M-U-R. And on some, it has, like, I think seven R's. On others, it's just one. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm all over the place. Mostly just posting. If you find one where it's just a bunch of photos of a Jack Russell, that's usually me. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, um, you know, support venues, support the, you know, the people really working on like the grassroots side of stuff, you know, when shows do come back, you know, buy CDs from local bands, mm-hmm. you know, buy their shirts, make sure you support those people because, you know, like, you know, given this conversation, I think, you know, you never know where the, what even that one purchase will, you know, how much of an effect it'll actually have in someone's career for sure um yeah i would say that's super important you know and uh yeah go to warehouse (laughs) go to warehouse buy a drink or if you can't go there if you don't feel comfortable order something from trust you know support eric in st Catharines. i'm assuming a lot of people listening are going to be from st Catharines. (laughs) yeah um yeah um, if someone can go to, uh, what was that restaurant in St. Catharines that I really liked? Was it Touch of India? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right beside Uni the Pita. <laughs> yeah, someone go there and just like order food and send me a photo because just talking about it, I can taste that food right now. Like, <laughs> um, and yeah, go to Spicy Thai. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I miss, I miss that city so much. Uh, there's so many wonderful places there. Rise Above is great. Bella Noelle's is great. Um, Trust was awesome when I went there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, yeah, just support support the bands that are doing stuff. Hell, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then also, uh, yeah, go do house shows. Go do cool shit that people you know we there needs to be stages and spaces for you know a vast array of people and i think uh the more people doing stuff like that when things are safe to do so um it'll be uh yeah it'll it'll you know we we need we need a lot of we need to reset like culture in general so um and we need we need to support those people kind of doing stuff like i saw was it uh derek gordon's band did a did a show at, yeah they did a show at uh in like a skate park yesterday yeah kill room yeah yeah so sick <laughs> <laughs> i was just like i just want to see dg on a skateboard doing a kickflip Let's go. <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna message him and be like you loser just go do it <laughs> but yeah special shout out special shout out to him and sterling so <laughs> <laughs> special shout out all right so we're gonna end the show with a northern primitive song uh with their song highway yeah take it easy take it easy buddy
there you have it, folks. That was my conversation with Timur Insiaglu. I hope I got that last name right. I'm so sorry if I butchered that. I can barely even get the band names right that come across the show, uh, let alone last names. Uh, But we had a great conversation, so thank you for sticking this one out. Don't forget to like and subscribe, rate and review. Follow us on Instagram at Banecdotes. If you want to be a part of the show, shoot me an email, banecdotes at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, pick up a t-shirt, check out our Instagram Right on. We got the show started off with a Water Bodies tune with their song, What the French Call Les Incompetents. And in the middle there, I played Wildside with their song, Supercharged. Uh, they're a super sick band. That song's off of their record, Who the Hell is Wildside? Uh, I actually got to see them over the weekend. They played in St. Catharines in front of the Knack on this portable stage outside. It was super rad. And then at the very end there, we ended the show with a Northern Primitive song and their song, Highway. Right on, folks. I'm going to get going. Thank you for hanging out with us this week. It's been a good one. Take it easy, folks.